Energy. Energy, energy, energy. <laughs> Did you just say Rochelle Obama? Michelle. Michelle. Okay, because I thought you said Rochelle Obama. I know right? I have a thick accent. <laughs> <laughs> What's your name? Sarah. <laughs> I can't really say how it affected my career. I've been kind of guessing, but I... I always had an inkling that it didn't make things particularly easy for me. <laughs> Just got a hug. <laughs> I use my fake name. What's your fake name? Sally. Hey Sarah. Hey Sally. How's your week been? Been really great, thanks. Has it? What's, what have you been doing this weekend? Nothing much. Really? Pretty chilled weekend. <laughs> I've had a great weekend um, because I've gone That's through... a great story. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I've gone through uh, a lot of the L- LGBT but mostly lesbian movies mm. on Netflix as part of research yeah. for the podcast. And yeah. I found one that I loved. Oh. Like I'm literally living for it at the moment. Yeah. Do you know what it's called? Uh, yeah, and I don't want to have that conversation again. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's called Loving oh, Annabelle. Oh, that's great. Um, no, it's called Loving Annabelle um, and it's really dodgy, but it's really good. Yes, it's really great when illegal acts are committed against children by teachers. <laughs> Just... That premise oh, just, just stop being so rulesy. <laughs> it was love. So Annabelle is a student. Underage. Yeah. Her teacher, Miss Miss Bradley. History of <laughs> lesbianism. <laughs> Who doesn't have a history of lesbianism? Me. I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, just because you want it doesn't mean it happens. Yuck. I'm going to be sick everywhere. <laughs> I'm literally going to hurl everywhere. Whatever, bae. Yeah, Stop calling me Bay. I can't help it. I keep calling everyone Bay. I'm going to go into work and call my boss Bay. Hey, Bay. <laughs> How's your weekend? Oh, that's oh. a great way to get a written warning. You get written warnings. You should. <laughs> you sexually assaulted me earlier. What? This is my body. You don't touch it on my side. Oh, no, that's too. right. When I brushed your arm <laughs> and you flinched like I was attacking you and I'm like, Settle down, babe. It's okay. Like, this is a safe place. Sally, two words. Time's up. <laughs> anyway, my movie, Loving Annabelle, which I've now seen about 98 times. Um, In a 24-hour window. Yeah, I just go to the bits that I like. Um, yeah, there's Annabelle. She's a student. And there's Miss Bradley. And they – well, Annabelle likes Miss – Bradley and she pursues her quite viciously mm. not viciously but she's she's hardcore into it which is what I would be as well Well, I'm sure that's what the defense attorney said yeah um and then Miss Bradley's into it too but she can't because she's a teacher yeah wait the first time I was watching it I was like oh come on Miss Bradley like just get into it <laughs> and then I was like actually she would probably be like oh that's yeah I shouldn't probably yeah. be doing this I'm somebody professional and have a <laughs> position of influence trust. <laughs> on this young girl's life. But sure, let's fuck. Yeah, but it's right up my alley of stuff though. So 
Anyway, of course they end up fucking and then Miss Bradley gets arrested. So that's not great. As she should. Anyway, it's great. Plus I've been listening to the Celine Dion song from um, Deadpool 2, that Ashes one. And if I didn't have a cold, which is why my voice is so sexy at the moment, um, I would sing it to you because I've been... Well, you were dancing it for me earlier and thank God I could turn my back on that. But yeah, you had your back turned to me as I was performing what I would consider is to be a masterpiece. Yeah, I would consider it to be a masterpiece of me doing, was it kind of like, what's that dance called? Interpretive dance. I was going to say telepathic dance. Like, what, the, what the fuck is that? <laughs> if it was telepathic dance, you would know. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Over explaining. Yeah. God, geez, I've done a lot of that today. Yeah, it feels so a problem. <laughs> anyway, this episode is about trans stuff. Yes. Um, and I have interviewed some people. Mm. Um, I interviewed Jackson, this really great guy who just sat and talked to me, and it was really cool. And he's very cool, and that's a great interview. And he. Yes. Um, does the tea bar in Brisbane. Um, so that's cool. We're going to go along to that because um, I want to meet Jackson. And Jackson is friends with some of my friends. So it's like, cool. Um, so Jackson, if you're listening, and I think that you are, um, thank you very much for talking to me. I really appreciate it. Um, and sharing your story. And sharing your story because it's a great story and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I think I said to you throughout that I loved it. Um, and I especially had not stopped thinking about the brownie camp story. So that was cool. I loved that one. What do you think as a trans person of this episode? Oh, well, well what I thanks know. for outing me. Um, <laughs> you out yourself all the time, sister. I do not. It's called um, stealth. No, yeah, that's what I learned <clears throat> this, this time, this week, that you were stealth. Mm. I'm like, oh, my God, you're stealth. Yeah. I know new words. Um, you out yourself all the time. You say, well, as a trans woman, as a trans woman, I have a problem with that. As a trans woman, no, the misogyny bothers me. As a trans woman. You always say I that. I do That's not That's all you say. say. That. You say that all day long. Every time you talk, you go, as a trans woman, I would like Singapore noodles. That's what you say. <laughs> <laughs> that Stealth wealth. Happen. Yeah. I'm not trans. I'm a lesbian who enjoys... <laughs> Movies about teacher-student relationships. <laughs> that movie was made in two thousand and six, and I was looking it up on the internet. As I can, do. we move on from the movie? I really want you to have a look at it. I'm not watching it. I'm not watching it. I'm not Why? watching it. It's really good. No, you said it's bad. No, it is bad. It's dodgy. But then, the more you watch it, the better it gets. As a lesbian, maybe because you get into the <laughs> filthy story. There's nothing filthy about it. They're just like two ladies. <laughs> like they're not doing That's anything. Me. No, no, they're not doing anything because it's a Catholic school. So it, Amber really has to go hard at Miss Bradley. Mm. Like she really has to do a lot of stuff. <laughs> like they're watching a movie, the whole school and stuff. And like Annabelle's sitting behind her and she like kind of just runs her finger down her Poor Miss Bradley. I mean, you would fucking die, wouldn't you, if a student did that? Uh, oh, plus Annabelle's detention. Plus Annabelle sent her flowers in class. That was cool. That's yeah. something I would do. Um, what else happened? I don't know. Let's talk about trans issues. 
you were, your yeah. movie. Sorry. This is not Carol. <laughs> this is not like every other episode where it's related back to Carol. Carol. Did you want to talk about Carol? No, absolutely Is that why you brought not. it up? Or? Yeah, totally. Yeah. You know me. Best road trip movie? <laughs> Carol. <laughs> God. Yeah, because then right. I can drive away. <laughs> um, back to trans stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, like, I'm really... Transphobic? No, I'm not transphobic. No, I really um, am interested in trans issues. Yes, and, I know. Yeah, and I'm the one that seeks all these <coughs> stories and that stuff. That you do. Yeah. So I'm really interested in, in trans issues. and um, But how does that make you feel as a trans person? Oh, or, since I announced it every five yeah. seconds. Well, oh, as, as a trans, a trans woman, person. Let yeah. me just say. Well, firstly, let me just say the difficulty in the circumstance. I only identify myself as a trans woman in one general situation, and that's in dating. Yeah. Because I feel that morally, given that I'm a pre-op transsexual, transgendered, however you wish that to describe. That could be quite a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> that could be quite a surprise. <laughs> Is that a banana in your pocket or are you just happy oh, to see me? don't say that. <laughs> it's like when I said I'm starting to go for a walk of the morning and mm. I'm like, oh, I'm really uncomfortable about going out at four o'clock in the morning, yeah. walking in the dark. And you're like, well, if you're ever attacked, <laughs> say what you said. I don't know. Wasn't it the same thing? Like, what a surprise. Yeah. Again. <laughs> yes, we can laugh about it. And I do. But it's outrageous. It is outrageous. But yes, I mean, that's the only time that I talk about it in in a sense. And trust me, those conversations are always uncomfortable in one way or another. I mean, not uncomfortable in the sense of how I feel about it, because I feel comfortable enough having the conversation. And let's just say... You know my dating life. I've had that conversation several times. Jesus, how do you count? Yeah, at least five. Can't even count um, anymore. <laughs> I don't have any fingers or toes left. Jeez, oh, you'd need about <laughs> six hundred people's fingers and toes. <laughs> um, you don't have that many friends. <laughs> well, obviously I do. Um, <laughs> oh God, I feel all chesty. Sorry, everyone. I caught man flu earlier this week. <laughs> Um, and I know it was man flu because I felt bloody awful. So, as we all know, man flu is the mm. worst. So. Well, that explains why you look like you do. Um. <laughs> <laughs> what, in my PJs yes. and my... What have I got on? Hoodie. My hoodie, but it's a zip-up hoodie. And I've had my hood up and down. Because she's been having some hot flushes. So it's either the man flu or menopause. <laughs> <laughs> Not menopause. No, because you've got a bloody heater on in here. It's cold. It's winter. <sighs> so, yes, that is the only time that I identify myself as transgendered because it's not like I grew up going, oh, I'm different. Oh, I relate more to girls. I have more in common with girls. Oh, I feel really different in relation to how my brother is or how my I relate with my male friends. <clears throat> So it's not like I grew up going, I'm a transgendered woman. Mm. I grew up going, I'm a woman. Yeah. That's my thought process. So that's how I prefer to um, present myself. 
But I think the important thing that I really wanted to discuss, and we have to be serious now. Right. Serious, everyone. Serious faces. Everyone in the background. <laughs> Cast and crew, we're going to be serious. <laughs> the thing that I just really want to put out there from my experience is it's very important to be making sure that you are on top of your mental health. Mm. That's my biggest regret because <clears throat> I focused on how work would take it, how my friends would take it, how family and friends would take it, how I'd go through the process, what steps I'd take, the medication I'd take. But the thing that I didn't think about and where I really hit a, I guess, a brick wall was about a year after my transition. And then I'm like, okay, I've transitioned things are going well. I have work, I have friends, and I've started to become a lot more comfortable with myself when I'm out in public. Mm. And then I'm just like, oh, but what else is there? Mm. Okay. <laughs> I have this whole life to live. And I just really started to suffer with some depression and, and anxiety then. Okay. So, um, and I will just say that it's obviously not every trans person's journey, but my next step would be to have gender reassignment surgery or gender affirmation surgery or however you wish to call it. Um, and I just know in relation to that, I have to be on top of it again. And that's my very serious advice to people just to be on top of that because you will hit a brick wall at some point mentally because you're suffering from something that you see a psychiatrist for and whether you think that it's environmental or mental or chemical or through genes or whatever it is, the simple fact is the way it is treated is you have a psychiatrist there's a lot of thoughts, feelings, opinions, beliefs, not just coming from yourself, from other people. And it just really weighs you down. That's why trans people have such a high rate compared to either others in the LGBTQI community mm. or the general population in regards to suffering from mental illness or self -harm. suicide, self-harm. Mm. So that's my advice whatever road you take whether there's surgery whether there's hormones whatever it is my advice is just important to keep on top of your mental health that's a good that's good advice for everyone too actually yes thanks yeah how how you feel now no i feel good now um <clears throat> obviously being almost 6 years having what i call my um, which I describe as living my truth. Mm. It's the um, 27th of October, 2012, so I'm almost six years. So I've just gotten to the point where surgery is very important focus for me and that's why I'm focusing a lot on my health to be mm. in the best physical condition to do that. And just preparing for that next step in my life because 
it is going to be an amazing change in my life and for as much as I've thought about it a lot and and dreamt about it a lot and and researched it a lot you're really not going to know how you feel until it actually happens and then Mm. there's still going to be it's major surgery you have to recuperate afterwards and then you get back to some sort of normalcy in your life and that's going to be different because it's going to be different about how I approach things moving forward. Yeah. Because there are always things thrown up. As a pre-op transgender woman, the thing that I think about is about being open and honest with the men in my life. But will that be the same when I'm post-surgery? At the moment, I think probably not. Oh, yeah. I think it'll be way different. Yeah. So, but these are the things that are different for everyone. So I'm just talking from my experience. And um, I just think everyone's experience is different. I mean, you'll listen to some other stories. And even though there are elements the same where it starts off, you know, younger and recognising difference and things like that. The journeys you take as an adult and identifying with yourself and names and pronouns and how you want to be seen by people and being stealth or open or whatever it may be. There's a lot of decisions to make, Mm. but they're your decisions to make. And the other advice I give, don't judge other people for theirs. You might not understand it totally, you know, might not get it totally, but that's their journey. And... Mm. My point is to be non-judgmental and just be like, if you're nice to me, I'm nice to you, and that's all needs to be. Okay. Can you listen to some other people's stories? <laughs> or you still want to talk Thanks about yourself? Thanks for tuning in to this public service <laughs> announcement. Oh, sorry, I was asleep. Oh, well, there was a glazed over look on your face. No, I was thinking of something else. Got some interviews yeah, tomorrow. So Annabelle. Um... Actually, yeah, that my mind did wander there. Mm. You want to talk about yourself anymore? Oh, well, at least we're not talking about Carol or Annabelle, so we're No, giving... it's not called Annabelle. It's called Loving Annabelle. Oh, and same diff. It's on Netflix, guys. You should watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. Sally is not a paid spokesperson. No, I didn't have anything to do with making the movie, um, but I have enjoyed it a lot this weekend and the Celine Dion song from Deadpool <laughs> too, because I love Celine Dion. That's mm-hmm. right. I want to meet trans people, I guess, and and hear their stories. And so I was wondering if you would share your story with me. Um, how how did how did you know that that you were transgendered? Um, well, I guess it started a long time ago when I was just a little girl. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I was in um, I guess kindergarten, um, and I was used to hang out with the boys and one other tomboy. Um, and I, I used to tell my mum that I didn't want to wear dresses to, to kindy. I wanted to wear shorts and that I was, I think it started then, like that I was saying I was, I was a boy and that sort of thing. And um, she always just told me, no, that's not actually 
case you're a girl and yeah. um, I, I she said it all started for her she remembered it, it started I was on the monkey bars and I was hanging upside down and she assumed that someone must have seen my undies one day and she thought that's where it started but um, obviously that it was, it was a little <laughs> bit more deeper than that yeah. <laughs> um, I don't, and I don't remember if anyone saw my undies or not but <laughs> yeah. Um, I yeah I just remember like I, I just always was so firm with like it was like strong set inside myself that that I was actually a boy um, and not a girl like everyone kept telling me yeah yeah that's and that's incredible isn't it like and you hear I mean I hear stories like that you must hear them all the time um, but so what what was the catalyst for making that transition um, well I mean it was a long time coming you know like there were lots of little, well, first of all, um, say in high school, I got sent to an all-girls school, which just sort of messed with my head because I was like, well, where are the boys and what? Do, how do we play at lunchtime? You yeah. know, like, where's all the monkey bars and all the, you know, the stuff you're running around on and these girls just sit around and that's shit, really. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. are you supposed to do? But but there was no, no word for, for me, I had no idea about transitioning. I heard about, like, sex change. Like, people would go, oh, you know, in my year... Um, uh, year seven yearbook, you know, where people sign their names and yep. give you a nice little message for the future. A lot of the messages in my book were like, don't get a sex change and you find the way you are and things like that. And so I knew the word sex change. And wow. I, um, yeah, and I, but I didn't quite comprehend what that meant. And I used to say to people, oh, you know, I won't get a sex change. It costs too much. That was just my go-to to, yeah. to battle that, that off. But I didn't actually, I don't know, I just did never comprehend that that's a possibility, I guess. Um, and so then, yeah, I was in high school, and I still used to state that I was a boy. Yeah. And everyone just was like, you know, oh, yeah, you're a tomboy sort of thing, and it was just an accepted thing. And then when I found, um, when I was like in year 11, 12 or something, um, uh, a boyfriend's sister of mine, um, he, she said, oh, I think there's this group you'd really enjoy, and it was um, called Bliss. It was Brisbane Yet Lesbian Youth Social Support, and she took me along to it. And it was the first time I had any contact with the LGBTI community, mm. and it just kind of blew my mind. I'm like, whoa, who are these people? And they were kind of, you know, there were a couple of butchers around, and I was like, oh, maybe this is me. Maybe <laughs> I'm one of these people, you know? Yeah. So I sort of sat in um, that I was, not that I was butch, I was never butch. <laughs> I just, I was boyish, I was a boy sort of thing. So yeah. um, I sort of sat in that for a while and, and felt comfortable like I'd found my people. Um, but then it sort of, as it went along, I would meet, I met someone who identified as boy with B, B-O-I, boy. Yeah. And they were being, they used the um, male pronouns for themselves and I'm like, whoa, that's, that's me, that's definitely me because just the idea of being called a he just validated so much of my, my my struggle, you know. So that sort of happened for a while. Um, and then, yeah, transitioning. I started hearing about people transitioning, and I'm like, whoa, okay, what is this? And I was like, no, I can't do that. That's too big. Like, it's such a massive thing to get your head around. So I kind of... Um, I also used, like, like, drugs and alcohol over this period of time as well, and it wasn't until I stopped and got clean and sort of gave myself a year of just not using or drinking or if I did go out partying, I did it sober. Um, And that's sort of when I went, okay, when you do this year, um, you can think about it. And within the first, like, month, I was like, oh, I need to transition. That's It's 
just who I am, you know. Mm. And, and it was before that, it was always that, well, what if I make the wrong decision? What if I, I transition and then I want to go back? But it's like, well, I sort of sat in it when I was sober and had this time and went, I'm not going to want to go back. It's who I've always said I am. So yeah, yeah. And that's when Jackson was kind of on. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Okay. Yeah. I think, I mean, something interesting that even in grade seven, people were kind of telling you don't get a sex change. Like, I mean, what, because you're about 12, aren't you, in grade seven? Something like that, yeah. It's trippy. Hey, I like, there's yeah. another really cool story that happened to me. Like, so I used to be in brownies and girl guides and everyone knew I just was quite loud about how I wanted to be in scouts and that I was a boy. And yeah. um, we went on this big statewide camp and, um, my guide leader, so everyone kept thinking I was a boy because obviously I presented pretty much boyish. Mm. So um, everyone, yeah, all these people, these girls from other states, like brownies and guides, kept thinking I was a boy. So my leader kind of said, and and also, sorry, rewind. So I in year five, I think it was. I there was a girl that came to our school, and her name was Shannon, which is my my birth name. Mm. And I and I was like, oh. Hey, that's a girl's name. I'm not going to use that name anymore. So I told my teacher that I'd only respond to Shane. Yeah. That was a boy's name, which is hilarious, given the L word and Shane. But yeah. <laughs> that wasn't around then. <laughs> so little me was doing great. Yeah. The neighbor good things. So I um I actually like stopped res- like literally stopped responding to Shannon and um my my teachers everyone called me Shane. My report cards ended up having Shane written on them. Like I was just like nah. That's not my name, Shannon. Shane is, it is, you know. So at, at this camp, um, I was, everyone was calling me Shane there as well. And so everyone just, yeah, assumed I was this, was this boy. So my guide leaders um, ended up saying, well, let's just say you're one of our sons. And so I got to be, live as a boy for, um, I don't know, I think it was for a weekend. And, and they, heard, like, gave me male pronouns and, you know, I had a, was getting all these love letters from all these little girl guys and brownies and, and everyone just made, made out like I was this boy and, and it was just, I sat back about thinking about that a couple of years ago and I was saying, that is just an incredible moment, like, what the hell, what the hell were the leaders thinking? Like, I know, and to but, validate you so yeah, much, yeah. Yeah, but it was, it was amazing for me, well, it was just, yeah, it was just, I don't know, it was trippy, it was a pretty trippy moment, but yeah, and that was... That was, you know, like, yeah, primary school, I think, too. And how did your your family react to all of this? To, to my shameness? And yeah, my, and, yeah, um, you wanting to be a boy and as you as you grew, how did they react? Uh, well, I've got three younger sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, they were all just fine because um, it was just me. And then my parents, you know, they just constantly remind me that I was a girl, but... Yeah, that's sort of as far as it went. Um, but I was just so pig-headed, I guess, in that you can keep telling me I'm a girl, but we all know the truth. That I'm a boy, and and it was just life for my sisters. It was just who I was. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it wasn't it wasn't really a big deal, I guess, from my memory. It wasn't until I caught up with a family friend, um, like say maybe five years ago, that knew us growing up, and he he was telling me his sort of side of story about um he was asking his mum why i want, always wanted boys toys for christmas and birthday and i thought whoa what do you mean why did i want it and it didn't it didn't actually comprehend like i didn't comprehend that someone else would see it as weird or not normal yeah um it was just yeah it was just who i am was is 
Wow. And so yeah. what age were you when you made the final transition? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, oh, I would have been about 30 or 31. Okay. okay. Yeah, I think it was like 2010, actually. So, yeah, I mean, and that, that was a while, wasn't it, from, I guess, grade seven and, and guide camp to... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah. then, you know, like, when you don't know, you've got those options, how you sort of... Well, for me, I sort of just sat sat in it, you know, like, I didn't know there was anything that could change. I could just keep being who I was. And, and really, who I was was fine. I felt strong in that, you know, yeah. Yeah. not knowing there were options, so... I just, it just was the way, yeah, it's the way it was until there was something different. It makes me, it makes me happy today that, you know, you're hearing stories about kids, young, young kids who are, you know, I'm a boy or I'm a girl and, you know, they have those options at, at five and six now, like. Yeah, it's so like, I mean, it's awesome, but it just spins me out as well. It's like, what if that was me? What if I didn't get to, like, I, I kind of really. Um, I'm happy that I got the experiences I did. Yeah. Um, I got to live as, I guess, both genders, you know. Not saying that it's right for everyone, but I the way it turned out for me was pretty cool, I think. But I also think it's amazing that now, yeah, young kids can state their, their, what they feel and their parents can actually go, oh, I've heard about this. Let's, let's explore, this, explore this a bit more. I think that's amazing. Yeah, I, I absolutely love it. Um, with... So you have you run T Bar, don't you? Yeah, yeah. And so, what can you tell me? What T Bar actually is? Well, T Bar it started out as a um, a trans well trans club, but trans and their friends. I guess I didn't start it. Um, Paige Phoenix and Vicky Ogilvy started it years ago, um, and it sort of ran. I think they ran it for maybe four or five times, and it just kind of was like not going so well by the all time as clubs in Brisbane sort of do because I think they were running it every month maybe yeah oh god that's casting my mind back a bit but yeah something like that um and I um I was doing the door I said I wanted to help however I could because it was early transition days for me so I um and I also like was trying to still not drink too much so I yeah. thought oh, if I have something to do then I won't feel like I'm nervous and need to drink or um yeah so I I sat on the door which is really cool and and but then when I saw it was uh, starting to not do so well I was like oh what, what can we do about this and they sort of said oh we're just gonna give it away and I went well if, if you don't want it I'll take it and I'll try and do something with it mm. and so I sort of opened it up to um like transpositive but queer you know like open to everyone to open to LGBTI people open to straight people because you know like um, our community, um, as much as like, well, with the trans community, you know, some people identify, identify as straight, um, and then they might have straight identifying partners and um, straight friends, and so I just wanted it to be just this queer club, but with yeah. this trans positive focus, you know, um, and that also opened it up in Brisbane too, and not such a like secular <laughs> group of people. So yeah, yeah, because clubs. I mean, uh, just going back to what you said before, clubs in Brisbane. <laughs> What is the problem with clubs in Brisbane? Uh, we're Brisbane, for one. You yeah. Know, you can't get a coffee after like 4 p.m. in Brisbane. That's, that's a problem right there. And that's not just an LGBTI problem. That's yeah, a, that's just that's a, a life problem. problem. <laughs> yeah. Like, Especially it's, if you're, you know, doing a night shift or something. Yeah. 
um, and then you can't get coffee anywhere. It's so it, it's so true, isn't it? Like it just the the city. Like I was in the city a couple of weeks ago, and it was about nine or ten to nine, and everything was just shut and shutting. Like, and I was like, I was waiting for an Uber, and I'm like, this is crazy that yeah. everyone's <laughs> pouring out. Like, it's just I, I don't understand. Yeah, and, and then if it's winter. Oh my goodness, you better get home. It gets a little bit cold in Brisbane <laughs> in winter. So you just got to get home. And get I know it's it, it, I just don't understand why we're at that point where we just shut shut everything down even trying to find you know the Woolies and stuff now are open till nine on a Saturday night it's like oh wow I don't have to rush up there by six yeah. like yeah yeah it's just it's unbelievable and then yeah I find that with like LGP BT clubs and that like you know there's the, the beat and the wick in my guess and what fluffy is sometimes is it all time gay or I think yeah fluffy's like the oh, is it Sundays just Sundays yeah it, it does my head in that there's no actual yeah. it, even just like a normal I don't know somewhere normal to eat or drink that you know I, I, look I don't know like it's just yeah it, it's always I think we're still a bit of like country town you know like we, we've been growing as a city a little bit but and we're actually getting you know yeah we're turning into a city but I think we've still got a bit of country town mentality and then yeah. you go to places like you know I went to Adelaide for um, uh, a conference some um, LGBTI conference and we went out to a club after and then on the way home and it was like 2 or 3 a.m. And I was walking past and there were shops open and cafes open and I'm like, what the actual, like, this is bizarre. Like, what? Isn't Adelaide tiny? Yeah. To us, but, or, but they were they're pumping still. I was so amazed that you could get coffee at, like, or sit down for a meal at, like, 2 a.m. Oh. I'm like, Brisbane, you ain't doing it right. I know, because what, you've it. got the, what is it, the pancake manor here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 or the casino, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's just. I don't know if the casino even said. Oh, surely they said because there's no time, no time in the casino. It's just all, all on all the time. Yeah, it? exactly. They must. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I, I remember crawling into the Pancake Manor one day, and I'm like, this is this is bullshit. Like, yeah. I, I don't want. <laughs> yeah, this. But you know, and going. There's an interesting point, like about Queensland having that small town mentality. Like, how how do you find? Queensland like you know being you being trans like do you get good reactions bad reactions when people find well, out I mean, you know I don't I don't walk around with a sign on my head no um and, and being a trans man I am um you know I, I quite easily meld into society I'm just a bit shorter that's all yeah um whereas trans women I think they've, they've got the real struggle there you know um but I mean mostly when I tell people um you know, like in, in my workplace, um, it was the first time that I um, worked somewhere where people, everyone didn't know me, mm. didn't know that I was, because my other workplace, I was transitioning on the job. So it was kind of bizarre, and it was like this big secret I was holding, and it was kind of eating me up, because I, I, I didn't, because, you know, I'm big, I was a big part of this, um, our queer community. So then, then we're having this other side, which is my work, which was getting bigger and bigger, because I was doing more and more hours, I was like, whoa. How do I sort of juggle these two well at world? And um, I ended up at a Christmas party after a couple of drinks of saying, hey, you know what? <laughs> this is me. And they were like, oh, oh, whoa. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Didn't know. All right, cool. But it was all like, you know, we already had another trans person that worked with us. And, and now I think we 
Oh, wow. So, yeah, we've got a really, um, um, we've got a really um, open-minded workspace. So I haven't had any um, bad reactions at all, really. I've been quite blessed in everything. And do you, do you think that you you should have to tell people or would you rather not tell people and just, just be Jackson? For me, it's a big part of my identity. I know not everyone um, identifies as trans. They yeah. might transition and then that's, that's the end of it. But for me, it's, it's a big part of my identity. So it's almost like, and a big part of my story, you know, and I'm all for telling my story because yeah. um, it's made me who I am today. So um, I, I like people to know in, in certain situ- situations. You know, there's some situations where I don't really feel that it's right. I don't know what they are right now, but if anyone's going to be in my social world, I feel like you're going to know this person because I still go by my two names. Like, at work, I go by Shannon because my legal name is Shannon Jackson and Shelley Fletcher. So, <laughs> got a whole okay. lot of names in there. So, <laughs> I just, yeah, I've got my, my, my parents still call me Shannon um, and my sisters and, yeah, my workplace call me, they would have called me Jackson, but I said, no, no, Shannon's fine because I thought, because I work with young people. So it was a good way to separate those two worlds as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel okay with that. And also me having a story, anyone who hears it then might learn a little bit, you know? That's, um, yeah. And I, I think stories are, and especially if these people meet me, for me first and then they hear a little bit later that there's the, the Jackson and the Shannon. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, you know, then they've already met me and already formed an opinion. So, um Hopefully that opinion is good, and then they, they continue that good when they hear my transition story or my my worldly story. You know. Yeah, that's I love that. I yeah, I really love that that idea of you know like just being yourself and having it be part of your story, and then also using it as an opportunity to educate maybe as well sometimes. Like yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, just going back to T bar, I guess. Um, do you obviously yeah it's a really safe environment there for people um is it kind of people who are like the people that are coming are they they're obviously there are actual out and proud trans people are there people who are sort of maybe considering or you know like they're not sure i think um you know truly tiba just astounds me it um we get all sorts of people, you know, like we get, we get people that are stealth as well that don't, aren't out as trans in the world. Yeah. They're just, but they come along to T-Bar because they know that they're, they'll meet people that they met early transition that they used to hang out with or um, that they'll meet people that are like them and it's just nice for them to relax in that. We get people that are non-binary. We get people that are, um, yeah, questioning. We get people, we get, like the last T-Bar um, was, um, I, we had every letter of the rainbow. It's fantastic, which is exactly what I would try and reach out for. We had like a group of lesbians. We had some gay boys. We had a heap of gay boys, actually. Yeah. Um, we had a heap of trans, heap of non-binary. Like we just had everything. And the best thing about Tiba that has nothing to do with me, and I don't know how this happened, and it and it wasn't always a thing. It's only been a thing in the last five years. But Tiba, people come in and they might come alone or. They might come, just two of them, and they, and they walk in, 
and you can see that they they haven't been before and they're a little bit shy or they're a little bit, you know, feeling a bit awkward. And then some of the T-Bar guests will go over and introduce themselves and talk to them and bring them over into their group. And it's like, how the hell does that happen? And how do, how, like, this is a nightclub. How often do you hear people in a nightclub introducing themselves to other people in a nightclub and saying, come and hang out with us, feel comfortable, have a nice night. Yes, I love that, yeah. Magic, it's absolute magic. And I don't know, I don't know how that's a thing. I don't, I just, I'm so proud that I'm, I'm part of that, 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 it exists, you know. It's just beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And and what a great introduction to people coming, you know, for the first time, like to the community. Like, yeah. you, we accept everybody. So yeah, um, just come on in. Yeah, beautiful, huh? Yeah, I love it. I just yeah, I I think it's really great. Like, um, I guess I think that's it. Like, mm-hmm. for my questions. Um, sure. Is there anything else that is something that I've missed or um, stealth? What is stealth when you said stealth before? Stealth. Oh, so stealth, um, some people, you know, when they transition, then they um, they then prefer to not acknowledge their, their trans past and so they, they'll be in the world of stealth so you won't, you wouldn't talk about them being a trans person to like them, them um, oh, that's not. Does that describe it at all? It's just like yes, they, it does. Trans, yeah. So that yeah. So they not, not a thing. They are now this gender that they've transitioned into, and their trans past is past, and it's not not acknowledged, I guess. Or they might acknowledge it to their partner, like maybe them and their partner, but you know, not to parents or family or other news friends and things like that. They just don't okay. Yeah, that makes sense. What do you think about stuff? You know, for me as a lesbian, I often think, um, you know, with, with, say, governments and laws, I think that the government should be making laws for a huge group of people um, that are, you know, that are fair and and equal with everybody else. Um, How do you feel about the government and you know law changes and stuff that that have been happening recently like do you think the government should stay out of your private life or i'm probably not wording that as good as i want to um i just Um, i kind of think like because i always sort of struggle with the fact that the government has any say in our lives um for me it's a it's it's, 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 it's shit that they have any say but we kind of need them to fix some dumb things they've already had say in yeah. Like six laws that they they've got they they've made years ago. Like I think I read somewhere that um, they've did they repeal, repeal is that the right word that um, the law like when people got arrested um, for being homosexual back back way back when they've actually repealed that law or yeah I think they've um, like I think it's espunged or something like that. Like so the people with convictions have had them wiped now. I think yeah. Um, yeah. So see, like as much as I hate the government having anything to do with, yeah, that's like our world. They, they've done dumb things in the past that need to be fixed. So, you know, I think that whole, the whole vote that we had to go through was just ridiculous and just opened our lives up to, oh, the public getting a say about who, who we mm. love, which just is, man, one day we're going to all, well, not us, because we're already looking at the car now, it's just. Stupid, but, yep. <laughs> um, you know, the rest of the world is going to look at that. You know, like in in like oh, 
tech bot 10 years of listening and go, oh, what? What was that about? That was just ridiculous, you know? Yeah, and I'm still banging on about that marriage equality survey. And I think that the damage that has been done, I mean, I think only the first surveys are coming out about that now. But I mean, I just find it despicable that we're having plebiscites on on something like that and you know not on other things um yeah yeah, and i i just find it really frustrating that that we even have to have like so you know like malcolm turnbull there's a large group of people here that want to have the same rights as the rest of the country and currently they don't what i think his job should be is to go yes okay i see how that's unfair tick you know like Seems so simple. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's to me all it's, you know, oh, yes, this does seem unfair. Boom, done. You know, there you go. Like, and, th- yeah, and I've, I find it very frustrating that that we do have these these people all the time just stirring the pot and, you know, about how evil we are and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then I hear and stories about, you know, Tea Bar and, and people just coming together and, you know, just being this really wonderful community that I know that we can be. And, yeah, yeah, it really breaks my heart. And that survey, it not only breaks my heart, but it really pisses me off still. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, I think, yeah, it's going to take us all a while. I, I don't think we all, like, I think we talked about when we knew it was coming, we all talked about how ridiculous it was but and how it's going to upset us all and stuff. But I don't think we actually realised how much it was going to upset us or affect us or because I know I was banging on oh what they're doing what that's going to you know yeah. everyone's mental health and I thought I'd kind of be a bit like I'd be alright you know it wouldn't, wouldn't affect me so much but it did and it affected my friends and it affected you know like even sitting around the table talking about when we were voting and my sister started talking about the friends and they they'd been because I don't watch TV but I'd heard about some of the ads that were oh yeah friends voted against it because of some ad that they they're like oh where will it go next and it's like oh we're sitting at a dinner table at this restaurant and I start arcing up and mum and dad are always still down so what did they think that we're going to go out and marry children or marry animals like, what? Like, yeah it's, marrying <laughs> dogs seems to be the the number one go-to like well now I can marry my dog like yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know that that's true like <laughs> I love that and I had uh, a friend of mine on Facebook was sort of going off about it and you know how it's ridiculous and that and and I was the I guess the person that said you know what it is but the most important thing now is to to get your vote in like yeah we can't stop it now um yeah and that I mean even to be in that position like of me saying to someone you know like well we just got to vote like fingers crossed um yeah, it's it's devastating, and I'm I'm really dreading and also looking forward to more results about just how much of a toll this has taken on our community and the country. Because I, you know, and Malcolm Turnbull walking in, you know, sort of patting himself on the back, like, "Well, we made marriage equality happen." Well, 
yeah let's let's have a let's have a look at that for a second buddy like yeah, yeah. but anyway and I if could, we make, yeah yeah if he, if he wants to talk about it and make it making it happen then that's like what you said before you just sort of tick the box yeah buddy it's easy Not i mean that's what it's essentially what John Howard did. He just unticked, like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. he just sort of yeah. deleted, whited out what it was and then put man and a woman. And, yeah, so it, it seemed like it was a pretty easy thing to do. Um, yeah. But, yeah, and I mean, I could just go on and on and on and then I get angrier and angrier about it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, let's be happy today. But, no, once again, thank you so much. And I'll talk to you soon, I think, so... Or I'll see you on the 8th of September, so. Awesome. Okay. All right, you have a good day. You too, see ya. Bye-bye. Like I said, that that brownie story I loved. (laughs) It was great, though. God, I almost thought you were going back to Annabelle. Um, You mean Loving Annabelle, the film (laughs) that I've watched this weekend? (laughs) Um, Yeah, thanks, guys, for listening. Yes, Um, thank you very much. Loving Annabelle is on Netflix um, under the LGBT movies. <laughs> um, I'm just living for it at the moment. Mm. Um, living your best life. Yeah. Next week we've got Rebecca Ray. Um, and she wrote a book called Be Happy. And I read it. And it's cool. And um, I so interviewed her. pictures? No, it doesn't have pictures. <laughs> I don't need pictures, bitch. <laughs> Um, all right, yeah, so Rebecca Ray is next week, and that's a cool interview too because she's a cool lady and she wrote a cool book, and it's a very cute book too. So, yeah. Do you know any other C words? Cool, cute. Crazy. <laughs> I know heaps of C words. I want one that rhymes with bumped. See you next week, everyone. <laughs> See you. <ya. laughs>